<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. As a true football fan, you already know every weekend our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They also have all the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. We're on Earth, in case you guys didn't know. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, like Caleb the Greek, pick your locks for the week. Put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come together, the rewards will be huge. They will be huge. Take it from the Greek. Best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. You don't have to be Wolfgang Amadeus Einstein to know this is a smart move. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And possibly laid. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is interim head coach of the University of Missouri Tigers, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Barry Odom's personal agent, Caleb Bungart. Hello, kids. Well, you ready to do this all over again, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. If you follow us on Twitter or Patreon or anywhere else, you'll probably know we recorded, I'd say, probably the greatest episode of all time yesterday, last night. Absolutely it was. Yeah. I mean, it had a little everything. It had laughs. It had tears. It had a giant rubber dildo. <laughs> yes, it did. And uh, and it somehow, computer crashed while we were editing it this morning, and uh, it, it was all gone. Every bit of it. All our wisdom, everything, gone. Should have used a Dell, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, Caleb. I guess I should have said you, you should use a gateway or whatever I think the Dell dude is safely in a 90s reference. Yeah, Dell dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, since we, uh, we haven't had a podcast since all the news in the world's hit the University of Missouri Tigers. And, well, I guess we did a podcast. You just haven't heard it. We got a lot to talk about. We've got an NCAA ban, which was upheld. We got a win in our final game against Arkansas, our, our arch rival we've had for so long. We have such yeah. deep, deep blood feud against. And then uh, Barry Odom was fired. Barry Odom, our head coach, was fired. Where do you all want to start? Oh, let's just wrap up the Arkansas game real quick because it was uh, it was shit. Uh, they looked terrible. They went through a couple quarterbacks. Kelly Bryant didn't play, and they barely beat Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I will add that we uh, got a little bit of taste of Connor Bazalak. 
because uh, he he played until he tore his ACL, as all things 2019 have gone. He tore his ACL, but he did look a lot better than Taylor Powell, and I guess he kept his red shirt since he played fewer than four games. Yeah, so you'll see him in 2021. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, the, I think if there was any chance that Mariota <laughs> saves his jobs, he would have had to beat Arkansas like 65-3, to three. and he didn't do that. He, in fact, it was way too close for way too long. It was. It, this win did nothing to help Mariota. If anything, it hurt him. No, but don't you think Stirk would have been crazy to allow the outcome of a game against a two and nine horrible, horrible oh, oh, team? For sure, I'm just saying. Like the only reason, the way I could even see it playing a factor is if he just absolutely throttled them, and he didn't. I mean, it was a. I mean, Arkansas is a sad team this year. As bad as as, as any team we have played all season. Worse than Wyoming easily, and. uh and we barely beat them, really. I mean, it was closer than even the score would indicate. Yeah, it was a, and and this is a team that was, enti- you know, half of them were suffering from mumps, which yeah. you know, should have been eradicated. A lot of anti-vaxxers in Arkansas, apparently. <laughs> well, they don't sell mumps vaccines at Walmart, and that is the only place to shop in Arkansas. It's mandated by your birth certificate. <laughs> and I do think, Colin, what they have as anti-vaxxers in Arkansas is a different breed of anti-vaxxer than what you'll get in Portland. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's because they don't vaccine their kids. They just put methamphetamines <laughs> in their veins and hope that they become tough. <laughs> yeah, they just... They just start feeding them dirt as infants. Like, that's the way to get their immune system up. Give them a little dirt. Yeah, rub Bad dirt in. God made dirt. full of rocks, veins hurt. full of meth. Eat it up, kids. <laughs> God made dirt. Dirt don't hurt. Yeah, so uh, we, we barely beat a mumps-riddled team. Yeah, from Arkansas. From Arkansas. Did mumps make, make your balls huge? Players? What's that, Caleb? You might know it was like, mumps make your balls big or something like that. Well, I think, I think they've just made your dick small, and you just want to believe that your balls have gotten big. Uh, I've had mumps for 32 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that happened. Uh, Missouri, Missouri. Oh, there's one piece, good piece of news. Uh, and even in the old show that we did yesterday that we didn't get up, there's something I forgot to tell you guys. You, of course, you guys know uh, Mike Steele, yeah, his yeah. band Sag and Dragons, who created the wonderful Tennessee song, amongst so many others. Um, he has another little ditty, and I wanted to play it for you guys because even though Arkansas sucks and we don't care about them and we barely beat them and they are riddled with mumps, uh, Mike Steele produced a song. So I think right now I'd like to debut. This will be the world debut of uh, the Sagan Dragons led by Mike Steele and their song, Woo Pig Sue. Just always been my thing Drinking, smoking, fucking sing About the greatest Pick em up and lay em down You know it by your pounding head Blown out box springs on the bed Of the west side comfort inn Right there in town There's no cover, there's no line Just show up around dinner time And before long sun You're on that gravy train down right here in Arkansas, I keep calling on them hogs. Sue here, she's the only one who came. And I said, whoopee, 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 Sue. Goddamn, I must be dreaming. It seems all the jeans are screaming. I said, whoopee, 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 Sue. When you find you're on the drought, 
and hogs is all about. So uh, there's a little taste of it, guys. Oh, I love it. I think we've all been there, too. Oh, <laughs> call the hogs. <laughs> it just happened he got one named Sue. A pretty girl with pigtails. Yeah, my favorite line in that was, uh, Lord, I must be dreaming. Your pants, they must be screaming. That's right. That's apropos of nothing. But he sent that in, and I thought, uh, hell, it's Arkansas week, so we got to get that in the show. Yeah, absolutely you do. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Well, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Solid gold. And I always, still thank you for all you do for us. You have talent. We don't. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I guess I wanted to move along because the Arkansas game wasn't much to talk about. It was really quite inconsequential to the season. The only thing that it did was it would have made us bowl eligible for some sort of Shreveport toilet bowl game. And uh, since you know Barry Odom's 0-2 in those, but he will not get the chance to be 0-3 because A, he was shit-canned, and B, before the game even started, the NCAA finally came down with its decision and its decision was fuck the university of missouri we're holding up the bowl ban and costing them millions of dollars if we played like lsu or alabama last game where they knew we were going to get throttled they would have just came out and said hey you guys can totally go to a bowl (laughs) i think they would i i I believe that's the way the ncaa works well i'll be honest i do think that you know because what they told us was basically that they didn't see any reason why the bowl ban shouldn't be upheld. And, uh, but it took them like 11 weeks to figure this out. And I really do think they wanted to see how our season went before they came down on this. Because if 
Barry Odom hadn't shit the bed, and if they'd lived up to some of their expectations, and say they were like 10-1 and one going into this weekend, I think the NCAA would be scared to give us a bowl ban. Like, if we were like a real competitor in the conversation, it would, you know what I mean? Like, this would be just not some mid-tier school that nobody outside of Missouri cares about getting slapped on the wrist with a bowl ban. It would be a national college football story, and since we blew it up, it doesn't matter, so they're happy to just stick it to us. Yeah, you could be correct on that one, too. I, I do think it was just absolutely asinine that it took them so long. There is no logical reason why it did. And there's been so much shit that's happened to other teams, like the whole Mississippi State deal, where they just got off scot-free. And, and just these completely inequitable judgments on their case, that, that on their side, that Stark and the Chancellor and all of them have had really, really like sharply worded rebuttals to the NCAA's final decision. And then the NCAA being as brazen and big a cocksuckers as they are, they released a second statement saying, you know, fuck Mizzou, you're part of the NCAA, you help make the rules, so you're part of the problem, essentially, is what their statement said. And it's just like, what point did it even serve to have that second statement other than we don't give a shit what you think, we're a monopoly, we control everything, and you have no say. I'm trying to think of the word. What were those like old West lawmen that came out of New York City and they would send them to town? Oh, the Pinkertons? Yeah, Pinkertons. The fucking NCAA is Pinkertons. Yeah. I get, thank you for the word. The old Weezer album from the 90s. <laughs> but anyway, but that's what the, the NCAA reminds me of. They're the Pinkertons, man. They don't answer to anyone. It's rebel law. Do whatever the fuck you want. Well, until they, they're never going to, nothing's ever going to change because the NCAA is just smart enough to know not to fuck with the big boys. Don't fuck with Ohio State. Don't fuck with Alabama. Don't fuck with North Carolina. I'm curious to see what's going to happen to the Kansas Jayhawks. I, I assume they're going to get, you know, one scholarship taken. You know what I mean? For the entire, every problem they're going to have. Because they know better than to t- attack, like, big blue chip programs. But the Missouris of the world will take an absolute butt raping. What seems strange is why Mississippi got off so lightly and Missouri didn't. I, I, didn't, I figured... Missouri was at least somewhere on a par with that their their program, you know, as far as maybe as the NCAA was concerned, but maybe not. Maybe it's just a, they knew our fans aren't crazy southern lunatics that might burn down a building. And, you know, they're maybe they're just more intimidated by Miss, Mississippi fans. Well, first of all, it's Mississippi State. Incorrect. And uh, secondly, I don't know if it had to do with how uh, frightened they are of their pitchforks and burning crosses. I wonder if it's more just they, – they did make this revision to the rules that allowed Mississippi State to have what they called, I guess, like a – basically like an arbitrated kind of immediate – they could kind of negotiate their settlement. And this was a new rule that came after Missouri had already received its judgment. They wouldn't let Missouri play by Mississippi State's more yeah, lenient rules. Yeah. And it, which – you know, why not? Why would you not let – I mean – Anyway, Missouri released a thing showing exactly how similar these two situations were and the two different levels of punishment that were received. And it's just, I mean, it's maddening. And the thing about it is the NCAA doesn't care that people hate them. They don't care that they have a horrible reputation. They keep doing things that make their reputation worse. But because they don't have to answer to anybody, they just don't care. And I know that Mizzou doesn't have the cachet to do this then. And this is part of the reason they'll never attack in Alabama. But what you need is an entire conference. You need the SEC to be upset. Yeah. You need you need the entire conference to be like, okay, this is BS, and you guys are going to change it. But until that happens, and it doesn't have to be the SEC. It could be the ACC. It can be the you know, the uh, the Big Twelve. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But you, what you need is you, multiple teams all p- paddling the right the same direction. You know, what I mean, it's basically 
you almost have to unionize against the uh, NCAA. Yeah, well, that's why it's never going to happen, though. You know what I mean? Because we're all these schools; they're all competing against each other. You know what I mean? So whenever well, and the only way you could imagine it happening is a team like Alabama taking it on the chin. You know what I mean? And then that would get everybody fired up, but. It's not ever going to happen. You know, they're never going to go after one of those big boys. But, uh, so it did affect us because we, uh, as we said, we went six and six by beating Arkansas, made us technically bowl eligible. Barry Odom, he uh, was bowl eligible in three out of the four years he was here as a Tiger. Um, he had twenty five and twenty five record, I believe, something like that overall. Yeah, he was is exactly even, and as he's been, you know what I mean, and and so. Anyway, he got the boot. Stark, the day after the game on Saturday, announced that Barry Odom would be relieved of his coaching duties. I'm really shocked at the, you know, the, the some of the, so much of the sentiment I'm seeing is like, how are we going to do any better than Barry Odom? Boy, they better hire a big splashy hire if we're going to make. They're going to convince people that they, firing Barry Odom was a good was a good idea. The the level of fucking mediocrity we have to be satisfied with to be so unhappy with this firing. I, I just it's crazy to me. Well, I think part of it too though is that I mentioned it yesterday when we recorded the greatest show on earth that we haven't dealt with a coach firing since Larry Smith was let go to hire Gary Pinkle. And so, you know, when you fire a guy, there are guys who back him, you know, and so it has to, you know, I've seen more than anything our fan base sort of going after each other as to whether he deserved to be fired or whether he didn't. Uh, I think we planted our flag pretty early that we had seen enough of old Barry. But uh, anyway, there's a lot of people that were defending him. And, you know, his, his record wasn't the worst, but it sure wasn't that good. And I think the worst thing that did happen was this season where even a very, very subpar coach could coach this team with this schedule to six and six. And so he proved to be very much a subpar coach this year. And, and Sterk pulled the trigger. And, uh, you know, to my surprise, I saw guys like Dave Matter, who had not been like Barry Odom backers like TJ Moe, but was basically pointing out all the positives of Barry Odom, saying, you know, obviously bowl eligible three years, more wins than this, more wins than that. And uh, Missouri had never fired a coach who had been bowl eligible the last three years ever before. And it was kind of stated as like a negative, like we're, we are letting go the best coach we've ever let go. But I kind of looked at it in the complete opposite way. And said, I think this is a positive, you know, like we're holding our program to a higher standard than we did before. That's a good thing. And that standard was him being 500 in four yeah. years and having three, three of those years having five game losing streaks. It's a pretty low bar, really. Well, two of the two of the years that he had five game losing streaks, he did it with a quarterback that just started his first game in the NFL to, and led the horrible Broncos to a win. So, I mean, he had a fucking NFL caliber quarterback, and he still had two five game losing streaks with this and team. You know, another indictment is he's a quote unquote defensive coach. Until this year, our defense has been a fucking sieve. Yeah, that's right. And our yeah, our defense had been terrible. They've been gradually getting better, but by the time they actually improved to the point where you were happy with them, the offense fell apart. Yeah, it had become anemic. And, of course, we all know that uh, Caleb hates Derek Dooley. Derek Dooley is terrible. He's a fucking terrible man. The motherfucker ought to be digging ditches. <laughs> he will be soon. I goddamn hope so. Well, guys, we had uh, Adam Spencer from Saturday Down South last night talk about uh, basically the coaching situation at Missouri. And lost forever. <laughs> and, uh, of course, that's gone forever. So all that uh, wisdom is out the door. So we'll be talking tonight about the coaching search without 
any uh, any guest, but uh, it's all anybody can talk about right now is who is going to take over for Barry Odom. So why don't we take our first break of the day, come back and dive right into the topic everybody wants to talk about, which is head coach search. This is the Mazzotcast. Hey guys, we have a new sponsor. Who is it? Well, they're called Manscaped. And oh, I know, I know this product. Yeah, they sent us some stuff, didn't they? Yeah, we shaved our sweet salty balls with them. I'll tell you what, they have good stuff. I shaved and I found a tattoo I forgot I even had. <laughs> They're the number one men's below-the-belt grooming company in America. My balls are so soft. <laughs> Who's the governing body who decides this, by the way? I don't know, but I, I believe what they're telling me. Manscaped has redesigned its electric trimmer. It's called the Lawnmower 2, and it has proprietary skin-safe technology, so the trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's a zero-turn mower. It gets the job done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's scrote safe. That's guaranteed. But I can't tell you how many lacerations my ball sack used to have before we got Manscaped. Well, you shouldn't have been using that bullwhip, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. In my defense, it was a rusty lawnmower blade. But either way, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. That's day one stuff. Act now and you can get 20% off and free shipping. Just use the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the right job. Your balls will thank you. Just always been my thing Drinking, smoking, fucking sing About the greatest Pick em up and lay em down And we are back Colin was yelling at us in the break Because uh, we're doing this This is a Sex Dungeon episode Sex Dungeon episode As uh, you might be aware Since uh, we couldn't get together two nights in a row and, and basically Colin had fucking muted himself And was getting pissed at us Because nobody would listen to him Say his stupid hot takes. <laughs> yeah. This is the best podcast we've done for a while. And Colin figured out how to hit the mute button back again. <laughs> well, I'll make, I know it'll make one of our listeners very happy. I'm no Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about the coaching search, I guess, huh? Oh, did you have to go through the list of all the coaches that are out there? Wait, let's put that on pause. Let's let's hold off on that real quick because one thing we didn't do yesterday that I we had a few calls after the Arkansas game, and I think you all might want to hear the old mailbag before we get into all the rest. Here's the mail; it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail when it comes. I want to wail. Hey, it's Trucon87 down here in uh, Fort Long Beach. How about them Tigers? You can tell the excitement in my voice is it's off the chart. That was such a <laughs> resounding victory over such a such a great Arkansas team. I can't, no, I can't even say to that. No, uh, six and six limped our way to a W over them Razorbacks of Arkansas. Four years in a row, though. I guess that's something. Still, Barry Owens got to go. Dewey's got to go. M I Z. He got his wish. Yep. That's something to be thankful for. That's right. Hey, Mazzotcast guys. Just sitting here watching Mizzou lose to Arkansas. I mean, really, wasn't that surprising, really? Like, I'm just so numb, man. After after that Vaney took a game, I, I lost all hope. So I'm not I'm not even feeling like that immense angry pain where I want to call and scream to you guys. I just want to see it burn down. Just burn it down and start anew. Anyways, uh, go Tigers, M-I-Z. 
He's not the first person that wanted to start a fire. No, I can appreciate that. That's what that's what Barry's done to our fan base this year. Yeah. He's made us yeah. pyromaniacs. I said I think arson is a reasonable reaction to this season. I agree. Yay, we won. We should be going to the bluechew.com bowl, but we can't because the NCAA <laughs> fucking sucks. But, oh, well, I'm going to celebrate this win and phantom bowl eligibility because they're few and far between. I'm going to have a few more drinks, pop me some blue chew, and stick it to my old lady's butt. <laughs> M-I-Z. <laughs> like that. Good heavens. Love his energy. Love his energy. <laughs> yeah, so it's break. not the blue chew bowl, it's the dong pills bowl. Yeah, the <laughs> dongpill.com. Uh, Barry Odom is the Coach Klein of college football, except there's no Bobby Boucher to bail him out. And there's no secret hidden genius tucked away in that melon of his. M-I-Z. It's alright, I think he deserves that one. He does. You can't beat an old Waterboy reference. Hey guys, Daniel here at Silver Dollar City. Not a huge Barry Odom fan, but, you know, we can at least look at what Dave Steckel has done over at Missouri State, and holy shit. I know there was like a whole thing with Bill Belichick and his assistant coaches not panning out, but, I mean, is there a thing with Gary Pinkle's assistants not panning out? Because he has absolutely turned that thing into a wasteland. Not that it's a whole lot worse than Missouri, or at least where Missouri's heading, but just a little spoof of thought there. Well, there was Missouri a- State's always been brutal, though. I've, ha- I've had friends that played there, and if my friends played at Missouri State, they sucked. <laughs> well, and not only that, I mean, there was a reason Dave Steckel could, could never move up in the Missouri program. I mean, everybody that had ever been around him knew that he was not a head coach. I mean, it was not a secret. He wasn't a head coach, and everybody knew it, except Missouri State. You guys want some late-breaking Mizzou news right now? Let's do it. Sure. The basketball team just lost to Charleston Southern 68-60. to Yeah, guys, I'm not really feeling Yeah, things are uh, falling apart on the basketball front, aren't they? Quick. Yep. What is it about years where we almost beat Xavier, where we fall apart? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. I feel really bad for the guys at Rock M Nation because between Mizzou being in the midst of a football coaching search and the basketball team sucking, they're going to be forced to talk about football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they can't talk. You lose to Charleston Southern and you've got – no one wants to hear about the basketball program. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, it's, a, it's a football first site. We like those guys, but they do – like to change over to basketball when it hits November 1st. Yeah. Was that a fart I heard? <laughs> no, this is not CNN. Yeah, it was. It was a big fart. <laughs> the problem is you guys are coming at me from different videos, so I don't know who to blame it on. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I'm eating ice cream at the moment. Yo, well, I can hear you chewing. It makes for a great pod. <laughs> okay. I kind of enjoy this uh, sex dungeon stuff because uh, – I'm literally recording the show, eating a bowl of ice cream, pre-watching the Chiefs game while we do this. <laughs> Are you in your underwear? No, but I am in my pajamas. Close enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. dick out. <laughs> That's right. Just because you're in your pajamas doesn't mean your dick's in. <laughs> no, no. That goes well, through. anyway, Mizzou's, Mizzou's whole uh, fall and winter sports program is fucking terrible, and it's going to be hard for anybody to talk about it. It's hard for us to talk about it. Yeah. We enjoy every once in a while. Don't get us wrong. We love when Mizzou wins. But when they're good and do have a loss, we have a lot to talk about and lots of colors. But if they continue to suck, it sucks to do this program. <laughs> it is. It does make it difficult because just there's enthusiasm gap. I mean, we felt, I think we all felt after Barry Odom got fired, 
not only did the fan base get sort of revved up to have something to talk about, but I think we were all kind of excited to do the show more than we had been the rest of the year just because it wasn't a fucking slog. Like, I mean, you're in the midst of a five-game losing streak. It ain't fun to talk about. No, it, it's it's troubling what's going on. We, we've got to have a sea change. Yeah. Well, and it's well, especially what makes it difficult, too, is it's sort of you know, disheartening to like go onto Twitter and then to, to see the product of the field and be so disappointed in it and then have so many morons tell you that it's okay and that Barry Adams is the man for the job. And it's just like, <laughs> it just, then it just makes you sad for America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I, I get it in this standpoint. I mean, Barry Odom, true son, all that stuff. And, and he wasn't Kim Anderson, right? Like, even when he got hired, he wasn't Kim no. Anderson. Nobody was going to hire Kim Anderson if we didn't hire nobody. Kim Anderson. Barry Odom was an up-and-coming well-regarded defensive coordinator at Memphis, a program that produces, you know, it's like the minor leagues for producing t- head coaching talent. And we grabbed him because he was our guy. And it, se- it seemed to make sense at the time, but it just hasn't panned out. And if you, if you haven't let go of that idea that it hasn't panned out, then you are just settling, you know, and they're like, let's not settle. Maybe we can't win. You know, maybe we'll never be Alabama. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that, but man, maybe we can be competitive more often than we have been. This is, well, a- yeah. Everybody always points to like, no one ever wants to come coach at Mizzou. Like who are we going to get? What kind of name? And I can tell you this much. If you offer enough money to somebody, they will fucking go to anywhere. They will go to butt fuck you and see Clyburn and take his check from him if it's for $9 million. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, does not, money cures everything. You can have any coach you want if you offer him enough money. Well, and what's one thing Adam Spencer mentioned last night was that he thought Arkansas was probably of the head coaching openings. There's us, there's Arkansas, and there's Ole Miss. Arkansas was probably the one that he looked on as the more desirable simply because they have had a history of opening up the purse strings more than us. The thing we have the advantage in is that we're in the East and we don't have to play Alabama, Auburn, and LSU every year. But uh, I think we may be in a position where, you know, Barry Odom was like, what, ranked 13th out of 14 teams as far as coaching salary. And we don't even know what Baylor paid because they're a private school and don't have to say. But we were damn near down the bottom. And hiring Barry Odom was a purse strings decision as much as it was a strategy for winning. And uh, I I don't know that that's the kind of decision they're going to make anymore. Because, I mean, if you don't pay your head coach, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, we spent $100 million to upgrade the stadium, but you're not willing to fork over Four million dollars, five million dollars instead of three for the million. Head coach for the head coach, the guy who runs the whole thing. And Barry Odom, yeah, he he was cheap. And uh, one of the names I've been hearing is like, was it Brian Harrison? Is he from Boise State? I heard his name, and I also heard people say, "Oh, he wouldn't come to Mizzou." But you know, when you look at the numbers, Mizzou can like double his salary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And d- double his coach's salaries. And you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe that Mizzou is so. Uh, undesirable that Boise State would be like, well, I can't leave that for Mizzou, especially if they're willing to double the money. I'm just not sure we want that guy. I don't know who we want. I, I, of course, everybody's talking about Lane Kiffin like he's a second coming. I mean, like I, everybody certainly remembers Lane Kiffin differently than I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know he's going to be in the SEC. We just don't know where. I don't see him as a fit with Missouri. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not a Missouri type coach. And I'm not the type of guy that's usually know. like, I don't, I don't care about the <laughs> fit. I don't like to talk about fit, but he doesn't seem like he would. <laughs> I don't know. He reminds me of Quinn Snyder. Yeah. I was about to say the same thing. He's got a Quinn vibe to him. The only thing I'll say about that is like, 
when you say, oh, he doesn't fit at Missouri. Like, Missouri needs something that doesn't fit. I mean, we have been the most milk toast, play it by the books, safe, conservative in our offense, conservative in our coaching hires, you know, frugal in our money spending. Like, we are the biggest pussyfoot cocksuckers. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of like him to make some sort of splash. I kind of like. Do you think Mizzou needs a pirate for a coach? I don't know. I mean, we just need some. We we need something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sick of being a fucking like the goody two shoes, risk adverse douchebags. You know, get your dick out. Do some fucking Mizzou. Like I said, everybody (laughs) gives me shit because I always mention Mike Leach, but the dude wins. No, I yeah. love the idea of Mike Leach. I, I mean, I don't love Lane Kiffin because I, I think he's kind of a toxic personality. But, but the point is, is that he would definitely be an outside the box sort of hire. He'd be kind of an, you know, he'd definitely bring some buzz to the program. He'd sell some tickets right away. You know what I mean? Get do something, anything to to build some enthusiasm for the program, and not just in, in uh, you know football and basketball too. Not that I'm ready to get rid of cons or anything, but I mean, like, I just want this program, this university, to do anything, anything that would might inspire some small iota of enthusiasm. No, I agree, and, and not to switch gears totally, but with Conzo and the basketball team, I feel like Jeremiah Tillman just embodies the way this team has performed. You know what I mean? Like he'll have some monster jam dunk that's so awesome, and then just be get four straight fouls and sit out the rest of the game, and just feel like, oh, I can see the potential, but it just goes nowhere. And that's kind of been the basketball team. Anyway, sorry, back to football. Um, what are you guys thinking about? I feel like the hot name today everybody was talking about on the message boards online was Will Healy, the guy at Charlotte that basically is like their second head coach and has already got them with a winning record and did the same thing with like Austin P. took over an OL and 11 team and took them to a bowl game the next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is what you kind of want. You know, we got a head coach in Barry Odom who had never coached before, but he was young an up-and-comer. Here you got a guy in Will Healy that uh, he's young too, but he's got already a track record at, sc- at much smaller schools managing to turn things around quickly. So that was a hot name, but I don't know what you all think about that. Well, I think if, you know the, the biggest concern for everybody when you hire somebody young is that you're going to be a stepping stone program. But honestly, I'm almost okay with that at this point. If he, if, if he wins so much and takes Mizzou to such heights that he procures that into a job you know, at Georgia or LSU or something like that, well, then good on Mizzou. You know what I mean? Because that means the next hire, we look like a much more attractive program. So, you know, that's the one thing they don't talk about when they talk about you being a stepping stone for a job. You know, if you get that guy and he has a lot of success, I mean, theoretically, he leaves your program in a pretty good spot and it makes it that much easier to hire his replacement. Well, and I, I wonder if how fast he'd be willing to be stepping stone to a bigger school. I mean, Missouri would be a big step for a guy like that. I mean, he's he's going to get a job somewhere, but it'll probably be at a power five school. And so I think he might be the type of guy who want to stick around for a few years and prove that he can do it. And I think you're right, too. It's like we don't need to look at this like it's you know, a marriage, how long is the average head coach stick around anyway? Five years, you know, whether he's fired or whether he moves on to greater things. Gary Pinkle, we had him for 12 years and that's an eternity in this type of, you know, football world. Caleb, who did you have on your hot list? Well, I mean, it's not really a hot list of anything because, you know, my hot list would be people that win. These guys are all just kind of average. They're talking about people like Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, who's a for Cincinnati, as you know, I like to bet on Cincinnati. They mm-hmm. they they kind of dominate their conference. And then Mike Norville at Memphis, who wins games. You know, they win 10 games every year he's been there. 
He, well, I've heard that Mike Norvell wouldn't come to Mizzou. Like he's got too many better offers. That's what I read today. Yeah, I've heard Mark, Mike Norvell is off the table. I kind of he seemed to me like the most obvious pick. Like if if there were a draft for coaching prospects, it, he would be the sort of the number one pick just because Memphis is more uh, you know they're nationally ranked. They're you know at a group of five school. They're a big school. And uh, obviously, he's had really good results. So I feel like there's like 10 openings already in college football, and he's going to be at the top of the heap. And somebody's going to Florida State. Yeah, somebody's got to go there. You know who, who I kind of like in a search like this is like there's a guy named Joe Brady. He is the offensive coordinator, offensive guru behind LSU. That is the guy that's running that offense. It's not Coach O, it's Joe Brady. He's a young guy. That's. You know, he's staying in the SEC. That maybe somebody you could keep for a while, and maybe he can get that offense rolling because the SEC is now offense. It's not smash mouth football, run it down your throat anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, get a young guy that does that. Maybe you've got your your next guy that stays for a while that can run something. You don't need the greatest defense in the world, but you know, give him a try. Fuck it. What do you have to lose? The only reason I would, I, if we're going to go with young guys, I'd go with the first one we talked about is because he's managed, he's done it before. I, granted, on a small scale, but he's been a head coach. I just having another coordinator cut his teeth as our head coach scares me to death. Yeah, and this and this Brady guy is like thirty, thirty three, mm-hmm. something like. Well, Kiffin, you know, is forty five, forty eight now. So this guy is really young. We're talking, you know, like what's his name from Oklahoma, young type stuff. Lincoln, but, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, who is successful. Lincoln was, uh, you know, there and underneath. I, uh, give, give me the Oklahoma. university. Yeah, give me the University of Oklahoma, Caleb. Well, you know what? Everybody I'll win eight Oklahoma games for you. Be looking for, or Lincoln Riley's going to be, be gone because, you know, the big the big word is, is that that's, that's who Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys want. They want Lincoln Riley. So there's another team that could possibly be in the coaching hunt. I feel like the NFL hasn't really dipped into the, the uh, college coaching world. If in a while. anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Jerry Jones. He loves them. Doesn't isn't he a big backer for? Isn't he an Arkansas guy Arkansas, too? That's where he, he went to Arkansas, but he but he hired Jimmy Johnson away from Miami and Barry Switzer away from Oklahoma. Yeah, so he sure did. Colin, you were talking about you know having some reservations about the young guys. One of the older guys that people have been talking about is Willie Fritz, who is a head coach at Tulane, and he's probably got as much or more. Coach head coaching experience than anybody. I think he's an interesting candidate because he's won everywhere he's been, but he, uh, much like somebody we know from the basketball world, he coached a long time at uh, what we know as CMSU or University of Central Missouri, the Mules. And I think that people might be afraid to go the Mule route again, even though it's been a long time since he was there. And uh, well, I honestly, I honestly like the young guy route. I just like the young guy who's been a head coach before. That's yeah. all. I just don't want anybody to cut their teeth anymore because I don't want some really old established guy. Maybe he'll figure it out. But what I what I think you're, I mean, I think our best shot, honestly, and if you can't get some big name coach, and we can't, the your best shot is probably going to be trying to to find that Larry, or Gary Pinkle recipe again. Find a young up and coming coach mm-hmm. who's already run a program and and puts us back on on track. Well, and uh, you know, I was just going to say about Willie Fritz, that he's the guy that we talked about earlier that uh, runs the triple option. And uh, <laughs> I know that you didn't have any any use for that. No. No, it's a fucking gimmick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's got a ceiling. It's like, yeah, you're going to beat mediocre teams by fucking them up with that. But at the end of the day, like, you're never going to go anywhere with it. You it's high school like, bullshit. 
Well, it's what teams do when they're under talented and they can't recruit. It's like well, oh, army yeah, does. That's why the, yeah, it's why the fucking military schools run it. It's like we don't have the horses in the stable, but we've got this gimmick, and we might catch if we if you don't prepare for it, we could catch catch you falling asleep. And if if Missouri is reduced to having to run a gimmick offense to win in the SEC, then we don't even belong in the SEC. No, I know, and and I don't. That's not something that's very appealing to me either. The thing that gets me about the whole coaching search, guys, and I don't know if you feel this way or not, but uh, I think I said it yet last night. It's like, I'm sorry to admit this, but before yesterday, I didn't know who the fucking head coach at Tulane was. But you get on Twitter and everybody's all of a sudden a fucking expert about head coaches around the country. I'm like, you guys are watching a hell of a lot more college football than I am. They don't. They're fucking liars. <laughs> no, they are. Everybody Social media is. makes people experts in everything because you can fucking <laughs> click on it and look it up. They don't know a goddamn thing about it. None of these fucking people watch Memphis play either so get yeah. the fuck out I know. Now, if, that guy, if those guys tell you that they bet $30,000 a year on games believe them they watch those motherfuckers they know what's going on <laughs> yeah I I think most of those people are like me they read one long article about the coaching search from Dennis Dodd and then it was like okay well I know everything there is to know and here's who I know we should be hiring and I'm going to be pissed if we don't you know, no. like they automatically they pick a guy. And I mean, I'm going to be a little more open minded. <laughs> Whenever we hire somebody and people get like furious that we didn't hire the other guy, I'm like, you don't know. You don't know how things are going to turn out. Just give them a chance, you know. There's an interesting coaching thing that's going on with Arizona State kind of got crushed for hiring Herm Edwards as their coach. Yeah, Herm's doing all right. Herm's doing all right. And then Herm went on and. And he is hiring NFL coaches to be his assistants yeah. out there. He's got Marvin Lewis as an assistant. He's hiring several guys like that. Now, you can't tell me that college kids aren't like, you know, these guys coach to the NFL. They know what it's like. They know people. I'd like to play for him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a bad thing. Well, hey. Caleb, that's what Derek Dooley is, right? I mean, he's a guy who... Yeah, he coached wide receivers for the Dallas Cowboys. He was a wide receivers coach. These guys were all (laughs) head coaches of the NFL. (laughs) Yeah. All Derek Dooley did was give massages on their hamstrings while the defense was on the field. Well, guys... The coaching search, Jim Sterk has sort of indicated that he wants this to be fast. He is tonight, Tuesday night, in New York City at the National Football Foundation dinner, whining and dining with other athletic directors and head coaches around the country. And no doubt he is having serious conversations about who he is going to hire. We are going to. Tax money well spent. (laughs) That's right. And it. Anyway, we are going to uh, be covering this for you. And one thing we wanted to mention was that we have gotten involved with a little something called Patreon. And as I mentioned last night, fellas, um, I had no idea what Patreon was, but somebody was telling me, you need to get on Patreon. You need to get on Patreon. Hey, are you on Patreon yet? Well, we got on Patreon. It turns out I think it's kind of cool. It's a it's a subscription service where you can sort of get inside information from us. And when I say inside, we, we're we going to put on there anything we hear. And it's not going to be necessarily take it to the bank stuff. It's if we hear it, we're going to put it on there. Stuff that maybe we don't want to put on Twitter just yet because we're not sure. Well, or, that's why I love it, Brendan. Like we are we are obviously not media members. We're, we're, I guess we're in that media we live in that media world, but we're not journalists. And But our profile has gotten high enough now that if I just post something that I've heard from somebody I know in the athletic department, it immediately, every one of the press box super friends starts. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. Talking about it and just basically saying I'm full of shit. Right. And I'm just like, 
you know what? On Twitter, like you're right. I haven't. Got, I don't have two direct sources, but I hear this shit. It's from fucking people who know. And I'm like, well, I can go on Patreon and I can tell the people that want that are actually interested in the information. Unless like, well, good. I'll tell you exactly what I've heard. You know, I'll tell you on Patreon, and then I don't have to listen to. You know, fucking Dave Matter say, nope, that's not right. I didn't get a press release. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, Colin, but it, we'll we'll hear what we'll say what we heard, and we'll say how confident we are in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we'll say if if it's a fucking lock solid, take it to the bank. We'll say it. But uh, you know, if it's if it's a source we trust, but we're still not hundred percent sure about the information, we'll put it on there and we'll tell you what sort of star level it has as far as credibility. So you know, you'll know what to do with it. But also, it's not just about like hot tips or whatever. We're putting a lot of stuff from behind the scenes of this show. We already have done stories from our good friend Cody who sat in on this show and nobody knows who Cody is, but if you get on Patreon, you might learn a little bit about him. Well, I can't guarantee you're going to like what you hear. Well, I think that the part I like about it best, at least personally, is that when we are doing this show, Britain often leaves the mics hot during breaks. And some of the things we talk about in breaks are more entertaining than anything we'll talk about in the show. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so Brendan might drop some of that stuff in there for you. Uh, Imagine how bad it must be if it's if it's too bad to make this show. That's right. That's how. That's what you're getting in Patreon. If it's too offensive for this show, it'll be in Patreon. And just imagine what that must mean. Imagine what a cesspool we're talking about. The only reason I do this show is for the outtakes part of it in between. <laughs> yep. the, rest, the rest of it's dog shit, but you guys are going to enjoy the outtakes. I think before we started recording tonight, I uh, I dumped. You remember when we had these long conversations with Hugh Freeze and, we, and he slid up in our DMs? Oh, yeah. I love Hugh Freeze. I, I put all those messages up on the Patreon so that you guys could see. Uh, Did you really? Yeah. Why not? No, no, it's fine. I just like, I, I, I got messages from him to my private Twitter account, too, that we could throw up there, I guess. Why not? Do it. It's all on Patreon. That's right. So anyway, it's for as little as $3 a month. I think that's what it costs to, to get in the door for the uh, Patreon membership. And we'll try to make it worth your while. We really will because we're excited about it. And for those of us complaining that we're, we're charging for content now, like a certain sanctimonious bloggers, like, yes, we are. But the main content will always be the show and it will always be free. Yeah. I mean, number one thing we're doing is this podcast, which we have never charged for and we never will charge for it. And we're not taking a thing away from it to put it on Patreon. It's just extra. If you want extra, there we have it. And we've got some members. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I went through the whole, you know, I went through and uh, part of the thing with Patreon, as I mentioned you as a supporter, I did that last night, but I was like, oh, how to do it again yeah. since nobody I mean, heard I, it I, last I, night. I can go through the list here. We've got a couple new ones today. We have we have Bob Gass, Donald Lutemeyer, Derek Green. Derek Green. Hey. Derek Green's a VIP patron at $25. Uh, appreciate that, Derek. And we have Tristan and Austin, who didn't give us our last names because I'm pretty sure they're wanted. That's well, they okay. don't. They don't want to be associated with us. Ultimately, that's right. No. And uh, then Tristan, John, Tristan's and John all. Keller, Nick Ferris, Mac Vogue, Bradley St. James, Britt Treese, and Kyle Sheldon. All. Bradley St. James sounds like a porn star. <laughs> he <laughs> looks like one too. I appreciate <laughs> that guy. Bradley St. James, are you a porn star? We want to know. Starring Amber Rose and Bradley St. James in Log Jamming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here he to fix the, the guy that called earlier and was going to stick it in his wife's butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did want to point out that Kyle Shelton and uh, and Tristan, no last name, wanted by the law. They're all access members. Yep, sexy. Right. That means Caleb's going to be sending them dick pics. Yeah, <laughs> Colin. <laughs> just, I guess. Yeah. I guess since these guys joined this, I could send 
sex dungeon pictures to them at some point. Let them see what's down here. I think everybody yep. wants to know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Colin has uh, guaranteed massages for our uh, VIP members like Derek Green. And uh, as I mentioned last night, Colin, every massage Colin gives always ends in a happy ending, whether they want it or not. That's right. And whether, and whether it comes from Colin or not, you know, sometimes <laughs> yeah. it gives itself a yeah. happy ending. Close your eyes. My, my hands on your feet are going to feel a lot like a cock. <laughs> Very small one, but it's still a cock. <laughs> yeah. It feels no, like a penis, but smaller. Not a cock. Though. It's going to feel like a cock. It's going to be my hands. Yeah. Your eyes need to be closed. It's got <laughs> sausage fingers. It feels a lot like a small man's penis. <laughs> Exactly. All right, guys. Super hairy knuckles. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Why don't we take our second break for the day? Come back and do SEC around the horn. And uh, we had some Arkansas news because it's uh, it's Arkansas week. We can't forget it. Fuck Arkansas. This is the Mazatcast. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Seems like it was only yesterday. (laughs) Do you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom? I know that I do. Need anything I can get? (laughs) I do not have a large penis. (laughs) No, it's sad. We share the same genetics. We've been shortchanged. Yeah, it was not. Well, I've got news for you and for all of our listeners. Good news. And that is BlueChew.com. That's right. BlueChew.com. Mmm, sounds like dog medicine. It's not dog medicine. It's dong pills. So what you're saying is we're now one of those podcasts sponsored by dong pills. You better believe it. Great. Yes. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with an FDA approved. This is not pseudoscience bullshit. My dick will be the judge of that. <laughs> Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. So if you conceivably want to drive a 16-pinning nail through a 2x4 with your cock, Blue Chew is for you. What if you want an erection so hard that a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, then Blue Chew is for you. What if you want your erection to be so hard it's like a diamond in an ice storm in Greenland? <laughs> well, Blue Chew is for you. Fair enough. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as the other pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there, Blue yeah. Chew. Yeah. Well, what if you have no teeth, Colin? Well, <laughs> bad question, dickhead. <laughs> All right, so right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Armchair. Just pay five dollars shipping. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. That's right. Dong pills. <laughs> Dong pills. <laughs> and we are back. So, fellas, yeah. uh, we weren't the only ones to play football, well, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, Missouri played football technically against Arkansas, but there was a lot better football going on because this is uh, rivalry week, and so it's time to go around the horn with the SEC. We, we, we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And, uh, of course, we all always have to start up the Paul Feinbot if we're going to do this. So would you do the honors, Colin? Yep. Ooh, 
Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. Caleb, who do you got this week? Let's start off with the Egg Bowl. And if you don't know what the Egg Bowl is, it is the Battle of Mississippi between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And a game that came down to an extra point kick that uh, was moved back 15 yards because uh, Ole Miss's receiver faked like a dog, you know, a fake dog piss on the field, I guess you'd call it, lifted a leg in celebration, got a 15-yard penalty, the kicker missed the kick. They lost to Mississippi State. I can seriously say I've never seen a team lose a game in this way. I mean, it's probably one of the most demoralizing ways a team can finish the season, and I think it was directly impactful in Matt Luke losing his job. Yeah, because Matt Luke is a lot like Barry Odom. Yeah. You know, they, they look the same. They're both kind of pudgy guys. <laughs> they both kind of are average coaches, they not both, doing anything terrible. And then they both, both got to, fired. Yeah, and they both went to the school they were coaching for. And, uh, you know, all, they both, both have no control over what their team does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably where the biggest parallel is that they both seem to have their teams seem to have no discipline and love to get personal foul penalties and just be out of control. And, uh, and uh, they both got fired. You know, this is the kind of game that was so devastating that it was going to have a name. And I saw, thankfully for Twitter, you can see it real quick. I saw it called the Piss and a Miss game. Oh, perfect. Because that's what it was. Mississippi State. Yep, yep. they won the Egg Bowl. All right. Uh, Battle of South Carolina. Clemson and South Carolina. Clemson 38, South Carolina, one field goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Will Muschamp did not have a year, but somehow he has a job. Yeah, uh, it's amazing that Will Muschamp always has a job. He is beloved. He is a likable person. I don't know I about don't that. Paul. Yeah, that's a stretch. South Carolina, after beating Georgia and scaring other people this year, had a dog shit finish just like Mizzou. Well, and I'll tell you what, I just, you know, looking at, I remember the stats at the beginning of the season for Will Muschamp and how uh, they were talking about his, he had the most wins in South Carolina history for in the first three years of his coaching tenure. The, the win total was not that impressive. I think, honestly, if you know South Carolina fans would would whine and piss and moan about this, but if South Carolina was Missouri, Will Muschamp would have been fired. They have a lower bar than Missouri, and they're allowing right. him to complain to shit the bed. Like, we can let this guy shit the bed for, for a while longer. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're being more tolerant. North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really know why they kept him, but uh, a lot of it has to do with these buyouts. I mean, these. Guys, I mean, you talk about getting these jobs, and it is just like winning the lottery sometimes. Because yeah. regardless if you keep coaching or not, you know, Arkansas is still paying Brett Bielema. They're now paying Chad Morris, and they're going to be paying a third coach now, whoever they hire. You know, these guys keep getting paid big. Bucks to. I think Charlie Weiss is still getting paid by Kansas. <laughs> you know, he, the only other place where I can imagine a team shelling out dough for so long is I think the New York Mets were like are still paying Daryl Strawberry, Bobby no. Bonilla. Bobby. No, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla. I think he's still getting like a big check from the New well, York Mets. First the- every year, Bobby Bonilla gets like nine hundred and ninety thousand dollars. He had the greatest contract of all fucking time. Deferred payments. There's a couple major leaguers like that that get money every year. <laughs> Got Perfect. It. Yeah. All right. That, you know, South Carolina sucks. Fuck them. Okay. We had Battle of Georgia. Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Not much to talk about. Georgia beat them 52 to 7. Um, Georgia. Georgia has a good defense. Mm-hmm. Their offense is 
sketchy. Yeah, it depends which Jake Fromm is going to show up. And I just got a feeling the LSU is going to clobber him. I don't think it's going to be a very exciting SEC title game. No, the spread right now is seven points. Seven points uh, for LSU. And I take that LSU. LSU is going to beat them by at least 17. You know, I don't think it's going to be that close. Yeah, I agree. Okay, then we go to Kentucky, and the University of Kentucky beats Louisville 45-13, to which is a change of pace because Louisville usually uh, throttles their ass. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky's having a, t- you know, I think that Mark Stoops is a pretty decent coach, I'll be honest. They're having a renaissance there. I call it a renaissance, but uh, they never really had anything, so I guess it's a birth. I, I, I could uh, when I went on the radio in uh, Kentucky when we played them and did it with the local radio station. That's one of the. They asked me what I thought about Kentucky. And I was like, well, I think they're a, a, a you know good program, but I think they uh, at least from Missouri's perspective, like they've got a pretty good coach in Stoops right now. And as soon as he leaves, they'll revert back to the mean, kind of like uh, Mississippi State is doing. And they're, I, do, I don't think they like that answer much, but I think it's the truth. I think yeah. they got a good coach right now, and is the minutes the Stoops is getting as much as you possibly can out of Kentucky, and the minute he leaves, uh, they will go right back to being a festering pile of horseshit. Yes. Uh, in the battle uh, for Florida, man, it was Florida forty, Florida State seventeen. <laughs> Florida. Yeah, this was not uh, Florida State's year. They're looking for a coach just like we are, and uh, the Gators cruise their way to a 10-win season once again. LSU versus the fighting A&M Oilmakers. LSU 50, A&M 7. Yep, another year with A&M high expectations and another year where A&M disappoints. Everybody thinks A&M's going to be one of the contenders in the West, and they they're no better than... You know, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, you know, none of these Auburn, LSU, Alabama, that's the end of the list in the West. Yeah, you know, AM's like uh they they've got a battleship mouth and a rowboat ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it amounts to. So okay. On to Tennessee. Tennessee beats Vanderbilt twenty eight to ten. Yeah, and this is another one I don't think anybody was too surprised about, not because Tennessee was any good, but because Vanderbilt was so fucking shitty. And Derek Mason still has a job because he beat Mizzou. I agree. I think Barry Odom saved Mason's job, even though it cost him his own. Yeah, maybe he can get a D coordinator job down there with him. <laughs> He's uh, going to get a D coordinator job somewhere. We hadn't really talked about that, but Barry's going to get a job. Yeah. Well, and we're then, talking about Fuentes going to Arkansas and then Barry becoming his defensive coordinator. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard him at Virginia, too. Virginia needs a defensive coordinator. So, Well, game of the week of the century of all time, I guess, Auburn, Alabama, and the Iron Bowl. Alabama. Alabama. I don't know if Paul watched this game or not. The the fine bot may have uh, had low batteries, but Auburn beat Alabama 48-45. No. It's true. It happened. Nick Saban. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some things about Nick Saban that he's gonna enjoy too. And the first thing is is Nick Saban got out coached by Gus Malzahn. I don't agree. I think the proof's in the pudding, Paul. Forty eight. Not sure about 45. that. Not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it wasn't a great day for the fine bot. Uh, Alabama just they uh, they're not the dominators they once were. No, they're they're really not. They don't have that defense, and they don't have a good enough running game to hold the ball. No, and I'll tell you, you know, our LSU, although, you know, the LSU-Alabama game was a great game, LSU, I think, is the better team. And uh, the Auburn game, 
Nick Saban went absolutely fucking bonkers about a kind of a crazy call that gave out Auburn basically a free timeout and let them kick a field goal for what ultimately was the game, you know, winning extra three points they got. Drove Nick Saban fucking crazy, but Auburn played with Alabama. I mean, this was not a game that was a fluke. They won that game. Yeah, you know what's crazy is what does this mean for Gus Malzahn? I mean, here's a guy who half the money men behind the Auburn program were trying to get him shit canned. Yeah. And now he has a pretty good season, ends up beating Auburn or beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl. You talk about a guy that has turned it around. We went from the hot seat to a very tepid seat to cold. (laughs) Here's the crazy thing about that is Gus Malzahn's getting paid like $7 million a year with a 20 something million dollar buyout. And I think that at one point they were close to paying all that and just letting him go. Oh, uh, they yeah, were. That's what I mean. They were, they were half the money. They were like, fuck it. We'll pay the tag. Just get rid of him. And they were trying to, they were trying to, I'd take him. I, I wish they'd fire him tomorrow and he'd come up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what is he'd be a lot more of a secure hire than whenever LSU got rid of Les Miles. I mean, Les Miles, we talked about splash hires with crazy guys. Les Miles is genuinely crazy. He eats grass. He is not a good hire. Of course, Kansas loves it, but uh, most of the uh, college football world said no thank you. But Gus Melzahn is not that. I mean, granted, he was a high school football coach tw- you know, t- 20 minutes ago before he started coaching Auburn, but the guy knows what he's doing. I mean, he's, he's beaten Alabama more than the rest of the SEC combined. Things go crazy when they're down there in Auburn with the field goal, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nobody's pissing in the end zone, but it's still crazy stuff. Yeah, if they're doinking field goals or running them back. So, well, well that was uh, that was the week in the SEC. So, next week we have the SEC championship game of Georgia and LSU. I'll tell you what we're going to do if uh, any of the people who are listening who are part of our uh, knockout survivor pool league, there's about nine of us left in the league at the end of this regular season. So to finish it up, what we are going to do is take the SEC title game and uh, everybody's going to guess a combined score, like an over-under basically. And whoever comes closest to the actual SEC title game score will be the end of the year winner. That's how we're going to sum it all up. Perfect. And I think we're all in it right now. All three of us. Yeah. We're so good at this. So we've gotten through that. Now it's it's the one time a year we don't do Kansas news. We do Arkansas news. I was doing three kinds of suns. Arkansas. Sunshine. Sunflowers. Sons of bitches. This is Arkansas news. First story, Arkansas hunter, Colin brought me this, Arkansas hunter dies after deer he shot got up and attacked him. A hunter in northern Arkansas has died after he shot a deer who then got up and attacked him, according to the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. The attack happened around 6.30 p.m. Tuesday in Marion County, Arkansas, after Thomas Alexander, age 66, shot a buck with his muzzle loader, which is a firearm that is loaded from the front of a barrel. They have to explain this because it's a Time Magazine article, and uh, I guarantee you, if it were a local paper, they would not have to explain what a muzzle loader is. No. After shooting the buck, Alexander went over to the animal who got up and attacked him. At some point, Alexander was able to call his wife, who in turn called EMS. They soon arrived and brought him to Baxter Regional Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead at the hospital. Do you think he called his wife to say he loved her and this may be the end, or do you think he was just too stupid to call 911? 
Hide my methamphetamines, babe. <laughs> yeah, clear my Google history. <laughs> I could die. Here's what I like. It says, authorities have not yet determined the precise role the deer played in his death, but they, sus they suspect the giant antler in his chest may have had something to do with it. Oh, people, people, people. <laughs> uh, we're not sure that he died from the deer. It could have been from other medical issues. We oh, they think like when he was being gored, he had a heart attack? Well, when they, <laughs> when they took the seven-point antler out of his chest, they noticed the blood pressure was a little thin. Yeah, they were like, hey, this guy's, mm -hmm. this guy's got a little blockage there. What in doubt, shoot him again. <laughs> <laughs> an incident like this has not happened before in northern Arkansas, according to Stevens. Caleb, I, you are an experienced hunter, and uh, Brendan and I are not. But I do feel like it, there would be just a sort of a, I don't know, a precautionary measure with a muzzleloader because they do take some time to load the well, carry a handgun or something. Just well, it just depends on what the season is there. If it's just muzzle loading season, you have to use just that. But what you do is after you shoot that muzzle loader, you go ahead and load it. It doesn't take that long. It's it, speed loaders and things. You can do it in a minute and a half. You load it again and walk up to the deer. That way, if it moves, you shoot it in the head. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I just think you just you know keep that keep a pistol on your and just you know. Shoot that cocksucker. Well, yeah, if you're being attacked by any game animal, you are allowed to defend your life with whatever you have on you. So, you know, knife, pistol, bazooka, whatever. But Erection. You should always walk up to the deer slowly after you shoot it and approach it with caution because they are a wild animal. You can definitely see one that's still breathing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, next story. Arkansas woman claims brother fed her a meth sandwich. <laughs> Those are delicious. <laughs> I'm surprised it's news, actually. Uh, two Arkansas siblings were arrested on drug charges during the weekend after a sister claimed her brother fed her a meth sandwich. I wonder what the uh, if the flavor compares to, like, Nutella. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, what, if you've never had a meth sandwich, call this is how you make a meth sandwich. <laughs> you, get, you get two pieces of Iron Kid's bread. <laughs> it has to be Iron Kids, huh? It's got to be Iron Kids. <laughs> one, one piece of processed cheese. Uh -huh. Okay. Miracle Whip, both sides of the bread. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Pour yourself a glass of grape Kool Aid. Uh huh. Set I'm aside. Sprinkle meth on sandwich. Dip sandwich in Kool Aid. Put in the mouth down the hatch. Wow. I did not realize you had been you're so well versed in eating meth sandwiches. <laughs> he is yeah. from Eldon. You know where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth Catlett. How old do you wanna do you wanna take a stab at the age of the woman who claimed her brother gave her a meth sandwich? Twenty six. Twenty eight. Colin, you are closest. She's twenty nine. Oh. Pretty good, pretty good. She was pulled over on Sunday in Hot Springs, a city roughly 55 miles southwest of Little Rock, who cares about the geography, stupid riders, for driving without her headlights on. Her brother, 33-year-old Don Fur, was a passenger in the vehicle. The police officer who pulled the car over said he smelled marijuana in the car and observed that Catlett was moving about the vehicle in a quick and nervous manner. Catlett said the car did not contain any drugs, but <laughs> the funny thing was he didn't ask. 
She just blurted no that. No drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No collusion. No collusion. I want nothing. I want nothing. <laughs> but when another officer arrived on scene, a body check or was conducted. Police said they found small plastic bags and a cut straw in front in her front pocket and alleged residue from methamphetamines. The 29-year-old told police someone else placed the bags in her pocket. Sure. Uh, sure. that. <laughs> Investigators asked her brother if there was anything illegal in the car, to which he replied, if there is anything in the car, it would be in the console, and it would be ice. Jesus. So Very forthcoming. It's, it's kind of like in an O.J. Simpson kind of way, though. Like, if I killed her, here's how I did it. <laughs> if there's anything in the car, it's in the console, and it's ice. Ice. The uh, officer said they found 0.5 grams of meth in the vehicle, as well as alcohol swabs and medical supplies. Catlett then allegedly told police that if she pops hot, likely a reference to testing positive for drugs, it was because Fuhrer fed her a meth sandwich. She also allegedly told the cops that Fuhrer did that often, and she thought he put meth in her drink earlier Sunday, too. <laughs> Fur reportedly uh, confessed to doing meth with Catlett on Saturday. The two were taken into custody on various drug charges. Catlett faces additional charges of a DWI and refusal to submit to a chemical test. Both can you guys imagine doing meth with your sister? <laughs> <laughs> no, I cannot. Hey, so Christmas is coming up. Maybe you guys should make her a meth sandwich. <laughs> well, now I know how, thanks to you. Yeah, if I had the ingredients for it. It would be in my garage in the cabinet. (laughs) Two Arkansas chemistry professors face charges of making meth. The arrest calls to mind the wildly popular series Breaking Bad. It sounds like something from the AMC award-winning series, but authorities charged two chemistry professors in Arkansas on Friday in connection with production of methamphetamines. The instructors Terry Bateman and Bradley Rowland. You want to take a stab at these ages, fellas? 47 and 52. Colin. 38 and 42. Well, you're both in the ballpark. Terry Bateman is 45, and Bradley Rowan was age 40. They were uh, charged with manufacturing methamphetamines and using drug paraphernalia. Meth is a highly addictive drug and can be manufactured with illegal chemicals, according to the Center for Disease Control. Apparently, they had to look that up to know what meth is. Bateman and Rowan are associate professors of chemistry at Henderson State University, a liberal arts school about, of about 3,500 students in Arkadelphia, 70 miles southwest of Little Rock. Let your kids go to a liberal school. <laughs> I think liberal arts is a little different, Caleb. No, no, liberal school. All right, well, you're... you're <laughs> Yeah, don't give us fake news. The professors yeah. w- went to the professors went on administrative leave on October 11th. A university's associate vice president of marketing and communications said on Sunday, Ms. Hall said the school's Reynolds Science Center had been closed on October 8th because of a report of an undetermined chemical order. Testing revealed elevated presence of benzoyl chloride in the lab. But anyway, they clearly had been watching a little too much Breaking Bad and thought, hey. I know that's supposed to be a cautionary tale about how you can become evil. You know where this doesn't happen at? Where's that? Liberty University, because Hugh Freeze and Jerry Falwell won't have that there. That's right. <laughs> Nothing there's bad. Only, there's no meth to be made. There are hookers to be fucked, though, and pool boys to be jerked off. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't this, wrong. Yeah, yeah you're, you know what? This isn't the Ben Shapiro podcast. it's true (laughs) all right and uh i guess we can kayla we can take it back to uh kansas for one second for our arkansas news segment because 
we know how the Arkansas game went. Missouri beat them. But what did Kansas do in their final game of the year? Oh, Kansas played the Baylor Bears. And the Baylor Bears are real good this year again. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think their coach has been there at least 20 or 30 years. Uh, Been a long time since he's uh, got hired, really got that program whipped into shape over the last three decades. Right. Right? Nothing but smooth sailing for the past decade. Right, Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing bad happened at Baylor that I can remember. No, they didn't basically shut down the program or have a whole – you know, attorney general look into it or anything. But anyway, Baylor won this game against Kansas, believe it or not, 61 to two field goals. Yeah. Another loss for old Jayhawks. I think they had three wins on the season, so it was a massive success for them. The Mad Hatter got them three wins, so, I mean, mm-hmm. they're probably going to give him a raise. They haven't gotten more than three wins in a decade, I've seen. It's three an entire 10-year span, and they've never won more than three games in a season. If Les Miles can get them up to four, they might build a statue for him. Makes you wonder how all these kids end up there playing basketball. Yeah, yeah sure does. Right. You, know, you think they almost have to pay a kid to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you you just wonder. (laughs) Well, it's time to move on to the final segment of our show. We always do, and that is the awards segment. So I think the first one we have to give out, it's a lot of times the toughest one for us to think about, but it's time for T.J. Moe's Dude of the Week. Fellas, we talked about it yesterday. Who do you suggest we – should we just give it the same award? I mean, we can basically give the same conversation we had or just say who we're going to give the award to. I just give the award to who. So I suggested that we give it to a three a triumvirate of Nick Saban, Mike Leach, and Jim Harbaugh for all having big hissy fits at the media for losing the game. Basically, they pouted because they lost. Mike contrary, Leach, contrary to what some people believe, we appreciate the media and the questions they ask. Well, yeah. we've had our complaints with the media, but it's not because they ask a question of a coach when he lost. That's pretty much what you're supposed to do. <laughs> We actually, I think with the Mizzou media, most of our frustration with them oftentimes is that they won't ask questions. <laughs> that's, that's right. But uh, what I don't appreciate is a guy who's getting paid $7 million a year, losing a game, not doing the job he's paid to do, and then complaining to the guys making $37,000 a year just to ask him why he lost the game. That's a bunch of shit. And uh, Mike Leach was asked why he'd lost like for seven straight years to the University of Washington, and he called the guy, what, a sanctimonious troll? Yes, yeah. yeah. And the, and the guy wrote the article and basically made the point that the, you know, the reason he's asking this question and the excuse that Mike Leach is giving is that, you know, we'll look at the recruiting class. They, you know, they got a lot of, you know, it's, a, you know, it's hard to win, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the guy's like, well, at the beginning of every season, he likes to poo-poo the recruiting class because his isn't spectacular. He's like, oh, recruit doesn't mean anything. It's all bullshit. Except when he loses the last game of the year and then the recruits are the reason. Yeah. But who's doing the recruiting is my question. <laughs> I know, weird, right? Yeah, and then of course Nick Saban threw a fit about the halftime call um, that gave Auburn the touchdown and the, and the last last play of the game, two yeah. calls. Yeah, he was. That's right. That was the weirdest one. He was belly aching about the last call of the game, where essentially he was belly aching that he got out coached. Yes, I mean well, he basically should have said, "Oh, they fucking schooled me on the last play." Yeah, Malzahn put his punter and his quarterback out there, completely befuddled Alabama's defense. They got twelve men on the field penalty, and Auburn gets the, the first down and runs out the clock. It was completely a guy being out coached, and that guy being Nick Saban, and he whined about it. 
And yeah. of, course, of course, the final one who's always a bitch is Jim Harbaugh, who uh, somebody asked him about why he always loses to Ohio State, which is a reasonable question. And he basically said, I'll answer your questions, but I won't answer your insults. And I'm like, he was stating a fact, not an insult. If you don't like the fact, that doesn't make it an insult. It means you suck at playing coaching football. Yeah. Anyway, we were happy to give all those guys Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. And that brings us to our final award for the day. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Kirk Farmer's Hair is immaculate, and did anybody's play live up to the standard that is the golden locks of Kirk Farmer's Hair? Oh, so few to choose from, you know? Yeah, I suggested Bannister because uh, he's come on strong of late, and we're just now getting to see him, just like Emmanuel Hall of years past. I think I said yesterday or last night that if you make a Sports Center top ten play, you should be the Kirk Farmer's play of the week, and he did that. And I think uh, we had, we had talked about too that uh, another ding and Barry Odom is uh, we've had two pretty good wide receivers who have been on the roster all season during his tenure and uh, didn't get any playing time till injuries or circumstance gave them opportunity. Yeah. Uh, first, it was Emmanuel Hall, and now Barrett Bannister is like. I think that falls how out. How hard is it to realize these guys are on your team? Yeah. That's a that's a Derek Dooley problem. Yeah. I don't think you're going to have a Derek Dooley problem very long, Caleb. <laughs> no, I don't think it'll either. <laughs> what do you think becomes of that guy? Well, I do need somebody to cut my grass next year. I'm going to be extra busy with this other kid. Fox News uh, correspondent would be my guess. Mm, it's possible. Well, if you ever look at the, his, uh, the stuff he follows on uh, Twitter, I'm, I'm going to tell you he listens to Ben Shapiro. <laughs> sure. Well, we said Bannister. Is that good enough for you guys? What do you think? Perfect. Love it. I hope we never have to do this again. We, uh, we Not the podcast, but repeating the fucking podcast. We did a great job last night. What you're getting tonight is, I don't know, six, seven levels lower. Way worse. Yeah, I didn't call anything a huge pile of massive shit from weird science shit tonight. And you guys <laughs> fuck out on that. Yeah, we yeah. talked a good bit about weird science last night. And I think we should have because what I found out is that I missed out on a date night with Colin and Caleb who sat around at 1 a.m. watching weird science together. And I got a little FOMO, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was great. Kelly Brock is still doable. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, everything about that movie is great. If you have not seen it, mm -hmm. definitely watch Weird Science. Well, we're going to go down this, this road. I'm going to tell you what I told you yesterday, and that there's a big problem with that movie, and that is that they created a super hot, basically, robot woman, and the, the two people creating her were teenagers, and the movie didn't just end with them double-stuffing her to death. That's right. Colin's biggest problem with the movie, the thing that really took him out of it, <laughs> he couldn't <laughs> yeah. suspend his disbelief, disbelief in that 16, 15-year-old boys having a supermodel that they created in their garage that they didn't just fuck it to death. Well, have you ever met a 15-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing, too, is we mentioned that uh, it was a 1988 movie, Weird Science, and somebody got on Twitter immediately. Someone told us 85, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to correct us. Fuck you guys. We're just going off the top of our heads. We're not looking <laughs> shit up. That's right. So, uh, you know, they don't make a lot of movies about teenagers making their own fuck monsters anymore. No, they sure don't. <laughs> I don't know why not. But like I said, it's if, if you think that's a repulsive concept that they just make a woman just to have sex with, um, you should look up a little movie called Soul Man. Because if you want to be yeah. repulsed, <laughs> that, that doesn't stand up to 2019 standards well, Brennan, at I, all. I will make you this promise. The next time me and Caleb will be together at 1 a.m. and watch Lost Boys, we'll yeah. call you. Okay. Well, I want to watch Soul Man with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Anyway, watch watch Weird Science, folks. It's great. <laughs> and I think that's what we need to wrap this thing up with. It's uh, some knowledge like that. I, I do want to leave them with something positive, though. All you right. know, you guys are looking at a terrible year for Mizzou. The coach got fired. We got banned from a bowl. Went six and six. It was a shit show from the beginning. But we are not Kansas, and we are not Nebraska. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, guys, I don't think Nebraska's back. <laughs> I think you might be right. We will be back, though, because we got the SEC title game coming up. we got lots of bowl season to go on, and, of course, we're going to do the program. We're going to have a movie review night, and uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. Ever. We've only done it once, and it was a smashing success as far as I was concerned because I had a good time, and I was stoned to death. Yeah, I started uh, started taking steroids just to watch the program. Yep. So sorry about the Tigers' loss in basketball tonight, and uh, sorry about the horrible season in football. But we've wrapped it up. M I Z Z O U. Go Tigers! I'm backing this thing up right fucking now. Good. Back that ass up. Get your dick out. Do some fucking, Mizzou.